Pinna. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name's Ren, and my best friend Drac is a vampire. Oh, but before you freak out, let me explain. Drac isn't like other vampires. He doesn't thirst for blood. He thirsts for knowledge. Each week, we hop into the coffin of curiosity for a spectacular adventure to learn about everything and anything, from how the sun works to why we burp. We have lots of fun, so join us. I promise that the only thing Drac will drink up is information, okay? Worst case scenario, he squirts you with some sunscreen. Search for Drac on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for the ride of your life. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special Grim Grimmer Grimmest Q&A session. I'm Alana Milner, and I'm a producer at Pinna. One of the shows that I produce and edit is Grim Grimmer Grimmest, and I am here today with the award-winning children's book author and host of the show, Adam Gidwitz. Hi, Adam. Hi, Alana. I'm so excited to be here and to talk about the show with you. Same. So, as you know, we put out a call to our fans to send in questions they have about how we make Grim Grimmer Grimmest. Wait, kids are going to get to ask questions? No. Wait, I didn't, I didn't realize that we were going to do today. That's what we're doing? Absolutely, yes. One of my favorite things about Grimmest is that we get tons of amazing questions all the time from kids all over the world. Yeah, too many questions sometimes. You know what? They, like, interrupt me all the time and they're asking questions and I just want to tell a fairy tale. Fine, <laughs> more questions? All right, let's do it. Okay. Adam. I'm going to play you the voice memos that we got from fans with their questions so that you can answer them. Are you ready to start? Yes, but I do have one problem. Usually we're doing this live with kids, and so when I answer, the kids can tell me if my answer didn't make any sense, or they can heckle me, or they can shout blue smurf into my face. So this feels a little different, but we'll do our best. Yes, we'll definitely do our best. So our first question comes from Daniel, age four. How do one board scouts can get his name. Daniel, that is a fantastic question. Okay, how did Rumpelstiltskin get his name? Um, well, he had two parents, one named uh, Mr. Farkalopoulos, and the other named Madam Lillipudlian, and they named him the normalest name they could think, which was Rumpelstiltskin. No, I just made all of that up. I have no idea. So these fairy tales are passed from person to person, down the generations until the Brothers Grimm heard them and wrote them down. As I think you know, the Brothers Grimm didn't make these stories up, and so somebody at some point must have made up the name Rumpelstiltskin, but I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Rumpelstiltskin's parents. I'm not sure. I think that's an excellent answer. That makes one of us. (laughs) (laughs) We actually have one more question about Rumpelstiltskin and names, so I'm going to play that one for you now. Hi, this is Marin. Um, I think that Rumpelstiltskin is a very good episode. Also, why did you cho- 
choose the name to be Fred. Is your middle name Fred? Do you have a friend named Fred? Why did you choose Fred? I'd like to ask you one question back, Marin, which is, what is with your obsession with the name Fred? <laughs> I don't know. It may have been, in fact, that when I was telling the story live, uh, a kid suggested Fred. In fact, I think that is the answer. I think a kid suggested Fred, and I used it. Because actually, most of the funniest things in the grim, grimmer, grimmest stories are things that kids say or suggest. That is so true, Adam. I totally agree. Some of the funniest stuff in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest is the stuff that comes from the kids who are listening. Our next question comes from Audrey, and she wants to know a bit about the history of Grim fairy tales. Hello, my name is Audrey. I'm eight years old, and my question is, what was the first Grim fairy tale, and how old is it? Audrey, that is a great question. We don't know the exact first Grim fairy tale, but we know that the Brothers Grimm, in the year 1810, started collecting these fairy tales. And they collected about 50 of them in that first batch in 1810. And some of the 50 were Snow White, Little Red Riding Hood, I believe Sleeping Beauty was one of those as well, though they called it Briar Rose. A lot of the most famous magic fairy tales, as they called them, were in that very first batch in 1810. I'm going to tell you a funny story about that, in fact. It wasn't the Brothers Grimm's idea to collect these fairy tales. It was actually the idea of another guy named Clemens Brentano. Clemens Brentano really liked folklore, and he had made a good amount of money collecting folk songs, and he published a book of these folk songs in the early 1800s in Germany. And he was like, okay, what's the sequel going to be to my really successful folk songs book? And he was like, folk stories, yeah. And then he was like, but I'm too famous to bother doing that myself. But he had heard of these two brothers, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm, who were also really into folklore. They were lawyers who studied folklore for how it influenced German legal practice. Anyway, he was like, hey, Jacob and Wilhelm, I'm really famous and you guys aren't. So why don't you go collect these fairy tales and you give them to me and I'll publish them. And Jacob and Wilhelm were like, that sounds fun. We'll do that. So they collected 50 fairy tales, and they sent them to Clemens Brentano, and he lost them. Yeah, we know he lost them because we found the copy that the Grimm brothers sent to Brentano a hundred years later in a monastery in France, never published. But the brothers Grimm were German lawyers, so they were highly organized, and they had made a copy of those stories before they sent them to Clemens Brentano. And after two years, when Brentano had not published any of the stories, they said, I guess we'll just publish them ourselves. And the rest is history. Wow, that's some amazing history. Thank you for sharing that, Adam. Our next question comes from Peter, age seven. How do you choose which grim fairy tales to tell? Well, that's a great question, Peter. I have two bookshelves in my house that are full of fairy tale books. But I have one specific collection of Grimm's fairy tales that I like the best. They are translated by Ralph Monheim, and I think they're very beautiful and often very funny. And what I do is I flip through that book, and I just read stories. And sometimes I laugh, and sometimes I scream, and if I either laugh or scream, I think, okay, this is probably a good one to tell to the kids on Grimm, Grimmer, Grimmest. 
And now we have a question from Allie. Hey, Adam, this is Sally. If you could change anything in a fairy tale, what would you change? So, Allie, great question. Um, what I do when I tell these fairy tales, before I tell them, is I actually sometimes change quite a lot. I read the fairy tales, I go through them, and I see, okay, is this pretty much just ready to tell on Grim Grimmer Grimmest, or do I need to improve it a little bit? And I actually have a rule for how I improve these stories. I make sure that every story has a main character that you like or care about, that that main character has to go through crazy experiences, which always happens in any good fairy tale, so I don't have to worry about that very much. Those crazy experiences should cause suspense, so we start to worry about that main character. The crazy experiences also make us laugh, because they're nutso. The laughter plus the suspense plus us caring about the main character is going to make it a good fairy tale. So that's what I make sure happens in every fairy tale. Sometimes I need to add things to make that happen. Other times, it's already there. So our next question comes from Cross, who is eight years old. What is the most grimmest, scariest, grim fairy tale you have ever heard? Whoa. What is the most grimmest, scariest, grim fairy tale I have ever heard? Oi. Okay, I've got it. It's a story called The Juniper Tree. We've never done it on Grim Grimmer Grimmest. Maybe we would one day. I did retell it in my third grim book called The Grim Conclusion. The reason The Juniper Tree is so grim and messed up, and right now you're going to want to prepare to turn the volume down because I'm going to tell you something scary, is there is a song in it that repeats... And the song goes like this. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister Marlinkin buried my bones neath the juniper tree. Kiwit, kiwit, what a beautiful bird am I. Creepy, right? And all those things actually happen in the story. But don't worry, like in every good grim fairy tale, everything turns out happily in the end. Just the beginning and the middle are really messed up. Whew, yeah, that sounds pretty grim to me. We'd probably have to rate it Grimister or something. Like, we need a whole new category. (laughs) Grim, Grimmer, Grimmist, Grimmistististist? Yeah, that's it. And actually, that reminds me of another question we got about Grimmististist stories. This one is from Loretta, age six. I am Loretta, and I want to know if there are any fairy tales too dark and scary for you, Adam. That is a great question, Loretta. Um, There are, in fact, a few fairy tales that are too dark and grim, even for me. Um, In fact, there are a few fairy tales that were too grim for the Brothers Grimm. By the end of their lives, they had taken about 12 stories that they had published out of their collection of grim fairy tales because they were too awful. And they were too awful for me also because they don't have happy endings. They're just really brutal and people die but there's no nothing good comes out of it so i actually really like the brothers grimm's taste i like how in almost every story crazy things happen sometimes scary things happen oftentimes bloody things happen but by the end 
the main character grows and learns and goes on with their lives. They often live happily ever after. And now we have a question from another Peter. This Peter is 10 years old, and he wants to know about some of the silly Grimm fairy tales. Hi, Adam. Um, what's the silliest Grimm, Grimmer, Grimmest? The silliest Grimm, Grimmer, Grimmest. Alana, what do you think? Hmm. There are so many silly moments in so many Grimmest episodes that it's really difficult for me to pick which I think is the silliest. Uh, oh, but you know, one episode that does come to mind is The Musicians of Bremontown. Yeah, The Musicians of Bremontown is truly very silly. That's, that's a good one. Hans My Hedgehog is also very weird, sometimes silly, like when he's flying on the back of a rooster and playing a bagpipe. Mm-hmm, yeah, that one is pretty silly too. And now we have a question from Marcos, age 10. Hey Adam, this is Marcos. If you could be one character from one of your stories, which one would you be? Uh, that's a difficult question, Marcos. Mostly I don't want to be characters in grim fairy tales because terrible things happen to them. I'm trying to think of who has a good life in a grim fairy tale, and honestly, Marcos, I can't think of anybody right now. I'll keep thinking about it. Uh, you know, probably a blue dwarf or something. The dwarves usually end up being okay, and they seem to kind of live forever. So I guess I would be a blue dwarf if I had to choose one character. Um, but honestly, it's not easy to choose because the grim fairy tales are pretty grim. And now we have a question from Eleanor, who is seven years old. Hi, Anna. I have a question for you. Are there any ghost stories? Eleanor, that's a great question. I'm not sure if there are really ghosts in any of the grim fairy tales that we've recorded so far. Um, I know there are some ghosts in some of the stories we haven't recorded, but I think the closest we've got um, in season one or season two is the singing bone, where the bone of a boy who was pushed over the edge of a bridge sings about who murdered him and wants to get its revenge. So that's kind of like a ghost, like a bone ghost. Is that close enough for you? There's also the true bride, I just realized, where there isn't exactly a ghost, but there is a fairy godmother figure. And spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't listened to the true bride episode, but we do find out at the end of that story that this fairy godmother figure is actually the main character's mother who passed away. So yeah, that's that's kind of like a ghost, like a fairy ghost mother. What do you think? Yeah? Yeah, I agree. So now we have two questions that kind of go together. So we're going to play them back to back and we'll answer them in the same way. The first question comes from Peyton, age nine. Hi, this is Peyton. How do you make a grim, grim, grim episode? Tell me all the steps. And the second question comes from Derek, also age nine. Hi, my name is Derek and I am nine years old and I'm in fourth grade. My question is, how long does it take you to make an episode? I hope to hear more good stories soon. Well, these are perfect questions to answer uh, with Ilana here because um, we make these episodes together as part of a team at Pinna. So really the way it works is I find a fairy tale that I like and I try to work it up to make sure that it's really perfect for Grim, Grim, or Grimmest, to make sure that it has a character you care about, that it has suspense, that it's funny and weird, and it has a good ending. And I share it with Alana and the rest of the team at Pinna. 
and uh, Alana and the rest of the team give me notes so I make it better. And then I read it live to kids. And that's when the kids uh, ask questions or they scream or they laugh or they heckle me, which means that they, you know, uh, tell me that I'm wrong and I try to ignore them and I can't ignore them because they keep heckling me and I ask them to be quiet and they won't be quiet. You know, the fun stuff. Um, And then once we've recorded that, we write another version of the script, which would have the actors in it, the person who plays the king or the princess or the talking fox. And once we've written that up, that's when Elana really takes over and starts working her magic. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Production magic. So once we have our script for the actors, that's when we audition different actors for the roles of the princess or the king or the dwarf and come up with these cool voices that we then record in the studio. Then we take all these recordings from our actors in the studio and all of our recordings from the classroom with Adam and our kid listeners, and we put them all together and make one big, giant kind of layer cake of different sounds. We add in some sound design, we add in some music, and then we listen again and again, making lots of little changes until we've gotten everything just right. And once we've gotten it just right, that's when it's time to share our episodes with the listeners. And when you take all those episodes and do that for all 10 episodes in a season, it usually takes us between, what, 9 and 12 months, you'd say, Ilana? Yeah, I think that's about right. You know, some episodes may take a little bit more time or some episodes might take a little bit less time. But to get all 10 done for this whole season, it really does take about a year. And now we have a question that I'm really excited to hear your answer to, Adam. This question is for Maddie, age 9. What do you like best about making Grim Grimmer Grimmest? Oh, that's a really great question. What do I like best about making Grimmest episodes? Well, um, it's a lot of things all together. I like finding the stories. I like imagining how young people are going to react to the stories. I like seeing how young people react to the stories and realizing sometimes I imagined right and sometimes I imagined totally wrong. Parts that I think are going to be scary end up getting laughs. Things that I think are end up getting laughs get nothing. That's never as fun. Um, Discovering the story with kids. And then afterwards, hearing your feedback, whether it's in a comment section or sending letters to Pinna, uh, seeing what you guys think of the stories afterwards. Uh, So my favorite thing about Grim, Grim, or Grimmest is getting to share real fairy tales with you all. That's my favorite thing by far. And now we have one more question for you, Adam. This is a question we got from a lot of our listeners. You think you'll ever you're gonna do any more um, seasons of Grim Grimmer Grimmest? Are you making a season three? Are you gonna make season three of Grim Grimmer Grimmest? Well. I was reading the fairy tale books, and I was looking at the fairy tales, and I kind of decided there are so many more good fairy tales I needed to tell you. So, yes, we are working on season three right now. That is correct. As Adam has now revealed, we are very excited to be working on season three of Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest right now. Since we couldn't record in classrooms this season like we normally do, with everybody together on the same rug, we had to take our recordings online. So that part of making the season has been a little bit different. But everything else about the show has stayed the same. We didn't know how it was going to be to record online as opposed to in person. We didn't know, like, were the jokes going to be funny? Were the kids going to scream? How was it going to work? 
But it totally worked. And one of the fun things was we got to get kids together from all over the country to participate all at once. Um, so we've got some really great uh, comments, really great questions. And yes, I promise they still make my life miserable. So if you enjoy that part of the show, you will enjoy season three. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And if you'd like to hear a sneak listen of season three, we'll be releasing the first episode this December only on Pinna. That's where you'll also find the rest of season three when it comes out next year. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to our listeners for sending in all of those great questions. Thank you, Alana, for this show and for Grim Grimmer Grimmest making it with me and the Pinna team. And thank you to the listeners. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to make it. So keep listening. And we're so excited to share season three with you soon. The award-winning Pinna Original Podcast. This story is weird. <laughs> that keeps us on the edge of our seats. Until he heard a sound like thunder. It was coming closer and closer. Is back. Grim. Grimmer. Grimmest. Season 3, plus full access to Season 1 and 2, is now available by subscribing to Pinna. The only audio on-demand streaming service custom-made for kids 3 to 12. Not ready to subscribe? You can now purchase Grim Grimmer Grimmest and tons of other podcasts by season. Head to pinna.fm to learn more. That's P-I-N-N-A dot F-M. Do you like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. 